Welcome to The Grounded Catholic, the podcast of Catholic Who's at the University of Virginia. I am Father Joseph Anthony Cress, and as always, I'm joined by Corinne. And on today's episode, we have a very special guest. We are joined by Corinne's fiance, Dominic, for this episode. Now, this episode was recorded at the tail end of the fall semester of 2020 when we gave a talk to our student body on the topic of how do you know when you have found the one? And with such a fascinating uh, topic for discussion, we called in the experts. So Corinne and Dominic uh, draw on their relationship together, their life together, to kind of shed light on this kind of issue and thing that we hear often is like, how do you know when you have found the one in a relationship? So I had such a great time going back to this recording and editing it and kind of reliving that night. And there's a lot of laughter and a lot of fun. So I hope you enjoy it as well. Um, so today we have another special guest. Another special guest. We love bringing them in. I know. I I think you should introduce this guest, though. Okay. Do you I, want to? I might know him a little bit better <laughs> just, than you. Just a smidge. <laughs> um, so with us today, um, we brought a very good friend of mine. Um, actually so good that we're going to get married. Um, this is my fiance, Dominic. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. Um, yeah. Congrats to both of you, by the way, because I think this is (laughs) the first, uh, podcast episode where you are engaged. Oh, that's true. The last one was was pre-engagement. Yep. Uh, this is... Definitely post engagement. So congratulations on that. <laughs> yep, I'm very I'm so engaged. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So Dominic, do you want to say a few words to? I will say a few words. Uh, Great. It's nice to meet you all virtually. I've had the privilege of getting to meet some of you in person after mass. I am a Catholic who myself. I graduated in 2015. Uh, so go who's that I can, you know, something I bring to our. To this relationship oh i gotta put the mic up yeah no yeah. thank you yeah see you you take direction very well early in the relationship oh and goodness. early in the episode it is beautiful isn't it you're so bossy <laughs> you're dead after this <laughs> <laughs> i regret everything. also for the record i did not plan to be on this episode or this talk tonight but you asked me to be here so I gave you that, an option yes yeah, that was not how i was told it went down <laughs> well, anyways let's keep going anything else you want to say dominic no let's let's get rolling sweet um okay father's adjusting yep all right we're good now sweet yeah okay so this is a very exciting (laughs) topic um and one that i think is a little fitting I feel like I have a little bit more authority in this area than perhaps even a month ago <laughs> when I gave my last talk. Um, oh, I thought you meant between the three of us. <laughs> I had the most authority. And I was like, no. that is that is a bold statement. No. Yeah. <laughs> no. Father is prepared a couple of couples for marriage. Yeah, see, maybe maybe more than there. a couple. Yeah. So yeah. Yep. You, you have some authority too, yeah. I guess. Thank you, Dominic. Thank you. Okay. Um... <laughs> So the topic, in case y'all were wondering, um, is how do you know if you have met the one? And this is something that I have heard a lot in my conversations with students, with young people, with friends even. Like, how do you know? How do you know if the person that you're with is the right one? Um, And Dominic and I were kind of reflecting on this, and you actually were like, well... (laughs) I know one of the answers <laughs> that we probably hear the most. And actually, it's very pertinent because that's definitely our story. <laughs> Tell us. <laughs> when people say the phrase, I just knew, I just knew like it was something that just happened to them one day and they like woke up and like, oh, yeah, I'm going to marry Corinne. I don't think that's how it works. I think that, I mean, there can be some of those big moments where you're like, whoa, something is going on here. But I think those moments are the fruit of a very contemplative, a very active process of knowing the other person and sharing yourself with them. Yeah. So that I just knew that always kind of bothers me. So the first look knowledge of like, she's the one I saw her like turn the corner and walk down the staircase. 
like and i just knew yeah like that kind of i think that's one of like the top three least romantic things you can say to someone Mm -hmm. is like from the moment i saw you i knew it was you like from the moment corinne saw me she knew like i guess what i looked like that i owned a shirt like i mean there's so little information she had about me like it's so unromantic to say that because what is that based in like it's almost nonsensical but you hear that all the time i was at this was actually really funny because at the focus conference last year one of the speakers father do you remember this i think i might have had a conversation with you it was the tob guy and he was like when i saw Uh my wife for the first time i was like i'm marrying her and i remember sitting there like i'd been dating dominic for all of a month and i was like what am i doing oh my gosh like should i know something it stressed me out you remember that? I do. Uh, yeah. I do. Because both of us are like, yeah, I don't know about that. Like, you uh-uh. can't hold that up as the paradigm, the expectation. Right. Because there's so much that has to happen between the first moment you see somebody and that moment when you decide, I want to give myself to this person for the rest of my life. Mm-hmm. Like, Absolutely. There's a lot that happens in that gap and that can change your your ability to know that person and who that person is you know, and and how they reveal themselves. So, I mean, I just find that that is a verbal expression of something that we talked about in the last time we had one of these um, was that like emotions have this ultimate authority and priority. Like this is the verbal expression of that. Like if I don't have those butterflies in my stomach at every single moment I'm in their presence, Mm -hmm. then it's not real. Right. And then it casts doubt. And you know what? If I didn't know from the very first moment that I was going to have the rest of my life, then it's not real. Right. And I think that's the fear of it all. Well, this is what Dominic and I spoke about when we were figuring out, well, how do we answer this question? First of all, I think it's kind of the wrong question to ask. But I also think like the phrase like active discernment, which is one of our favorite topics of conversation. Yes, it is. It is a fruit of an extended period of time, an ongoing time of active discernment. And I don't, I don't know if you guys are going to get into this because you've prepared this a heck of a lot more than I am just parachuting in here. <laughs> yep. And by parachuting means I'm dropping bombs all over this. But like, wh- what does active discernment look like in a uh, relationship? Let's say, let's say, what does active discernment look like in a, in a relationship or a romantic relationship? Well, we have a few things. Actually, Dominic, do you want to share that quote that inspired you with our points? Yeah, for sure. So uh, early on in our dating, Corinne recommended a book to me. Uh, it's a, it's a like heck of a book to uh, to give to someone <laughs> after you've known them for like six weeks. Wait, um, wait, 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 wait. It was soon? six weeks? I feel like it was pretty early on. Oh, no. Yeah. You need <laughs> to learn how I to be do? a little more tactful here. I mean, so, this one, you dodged a bullet. Like, this didn't oh blow gosh. up in your face. I, I need talked to, be... to you about it. I talked to Father about text, it. You guys were texting each other yeah, about we were. this. And, Definitely. Uh, and I remember I'm like, oh, I haven't that started was really it. early on because, yes, this was the first time that we hung out. Yep. And, that met, was really and you're like, on. oh, she gave me this book. And I was like, that was a bold move. Yeah. You're like, well, <laughs> I, I haven't started it yet. And you go, wow. Yeah. When I read that, I cried for like eight hours straight. Yeah, I was like, what, what am I getting into? But uh, <laughs> the book is called A Severe Mercy. And it, it's a really beautiful book. Uh, definitely something I'd recommend. Um, it's this memoir of a love story between uh, two people written by the husband. And is it a spoiler? It's not a spoiler. It's, it's a spoiler. literally written on the back of the Okay, great. <laughs> um, the, the wife dies at a pretty young age. And so it's the story of the development of their love and then his processing of the loss of her. So yeah. And it's well it's a nice light it's beach al- read. <laughs> it's also this nah. is kind of where it gained popularity is it's also the con- their conversion story. So they started out as atheists and mm-hmm. then become Christian, Anglican, and then he later becomes Catholic. Um but it's they and through his friendship, so he's a he was a close personal friend of C. S. Lewis who aided in his conversion. So there's a lot of like processing of romantic love and like how does god fit into that and what does it mean to give your life to another person and then still give yourself as if not more completely to god um and like that's a really that. good summary of it Thank and you. like the tensions that are 
throughout that entire book. Yeah. So it's not it's, it's not just like a romantic memoir. It's like no, it's, it's so full of depth and insight yeah. of in faith and life and humanity. Yeah. Humanity. So yeah. there's a quote from this book. Yeah, Dominic. Right? Dominic, go <laughs> yeah. for the quote. All right, I might. This might not be the exact quote, but yeah, just paraphrase. Talking about you know the the strength of their bond and their relationship, uh, he describes it as a rope that's woven of a thousand threads. That there are all these individual sharings and shared experiences that have formed the strength of their bond together. And so what we wanted to talk about was as part of discernment and active discernment process what does that sharing look like yeah so we have three main um, categories that we want to talk about of how you share life with another person because it's that shared life that is going to lay the foundation for like gradual realization of like can I spend my life yeah with them um, so the first one is uh, you need to be able to share the future with one another. And we wanted to start out with this because this is a little, it can be a little shocking. Like, whoa, this is discernment. Like you're automatically just going to jump into now share your future with one another. Yeah, you didn't <laughs> start with the present? Like you jump to the future here? Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a reason for it. I know. Um, I'm, I'm just intrigued. That's all. <laughs> yeah. So um, in a relationship, you need to be able to talk about the future well. And this is where I think we see a lot of um, just poor communication or not understanding how hmm. to move forward. Um, so actually, Dominic, you're the one that brought this up and you're like, I, I'm so excited to talk about this because this is something that we have worked so hard to cultivate and we've seen a lot of the fruit of it. Yeah, I'm definitely passionate about this one. And I also think this is one that is very easy to get wrong too. And I've yeah. experienced... Uh, through friends, how you can kind of start looking at the future in a way that goes wrong. And I think this is a, an area where you can cross some of the bounds of emotional chastity mm-hmm. where this isn't talking about your future after like three dates, but maybe after a few months, after six months, you're starting to think, wow, we're spending a lot of time together. This could be going somewhere. Maybe then is the time to start looking a little bit towards the future, but not so much our definite future but getting to know what do you have in mind for your future? So saying, wow, when, when you're older, do you want to live in Charlottesville still? Or, oh, you know, your mom was adopted. Like, do you ever think about adopting? It's a very different way of looking at the future than saying like, wow, when we're married in the definite future, are we <laughs> going to adopt a lot of babies? Like it's, it's a, process of getting to know the other person not so much you know forming that we already that that maybe isn't there right yeah this is something I um remember we went on a road trip and we just had a lot of time in the car and we had not we just made sure like we knew um how to live in the present and there's a a quote by my favorite priest um cfr father gabriel what wait what <laughs> i'm right here I, <laughs> that is cold okay okay <laughs> father you know this i know yeah, yeah, yeah come on come on um but he's he had this quote this line i might have shared it in another podcast but he said um god prepares us for the future by our faithfulness to the present so living in the present moment is exactly how God is going to lay the groundwork for your future life. And so if you are faithful, so my spiritual director also gave an analogy of this. He said like each stage in your life is like a walled garden and God gives it to you. He places you in it and he says it's yours to explore. And it can be so tempting to like, you know that there are other gardens beyond it and you know that when you're ready to move beyond it, God's going to give you a key and invite you to that door to like walk through that next door. And there's the temptation to just anticipate and to like live in that next one and try and peek over the walls or like, you know, batter down the door yourself. But God says, no, this one is for you to explore. I want you to get the absolute most out of this place. And so um, like there's such freedom in that. So like in discernment, like feeling free to live in the present moment, mm-hmm. to explore the place that you're at. And that's what like Dominic and I realized 
like dating was like was one garden and like I think actually there are different like stages in dating where it's like you know you can go a bit deeper yeah I think that's right but making sure that we were living and like experiencing the most out of whatever garden we were in at the moment and so if we were just in the phase of like just getting to know the very basics like let's do that and do that well let's not anticipate the next step which is so tempting especially like when you realize you're falling in love with another person and you're like this is so exciting like I just want to know everything like I want to experience everything let's go and that's not at all a good preparation of like building a life together I, I think this is where the parallels between emotional chastity and physical chastity are really clear where it can feel really good to be like to talk about the future as if it's a definite thing when you're dating and to say, Oh, when we get married, we should invite father, just Anthony, like, you know, thinking about already starting to live in the future that you're not in yet. Yeah. And I, I love how you guys talked about, like, it's really important on how you phrase things and how you talk about that to make sure that each individual person remains their individual person. So like, yeah, what do you want for the future? Like, where, where do you want to live? Like, and, and what are your desires? Because part of that is how, or how, it's the importance of getting to know the individual, right? Because knowledge right. precedes love. So if the knowledge of the individual potential spouse or the, the significant other there gets lost in this kind of amorphic, not really definite idea of the couple then you've you've lost the person and you've lost who they are and then you actually don't know who you're giving yourself to when that future time comes because all you know is this like couple so this is where like i i think and i know this is kind of strange but like i think those like stupid couple names are the worst idea ever <laughs> like celebrity couple like celebrity couple <laughs> names like you Mash guys would up. be like Duran or like uh, what would it be like Kamenik? I don't want to. Like, please don't go there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So anyway, <laughs> <laughs> I want no record of any of this. Oh, that's going on the internet. Can we, can we edit this out in post? <laughs> no, Let's just skip this part. But I, I think like there's an importance to like why those things are so bad is because the individuals are lost, and right. the beauty is when the individuals are are totally self possessed, and thus then they know who the other is. Their does their desires, their past, their present, their hopes for the future, and then they can give themselves to that and say, "I'll be there with you along that journey because I have this depth of who you are, and I see the beauty of that, and I want to help elevate that and and let that shine into this world." Right. But if you keep talking about the future of, "Oh, what do we want? Like, would we want to do this? Would we want to get a puppy first and then you know <laughs> have that starter dog in our family or like?" <laughs> you know like those things don't have that conversation in this like cloak of the we yeah yeah exactly i think you very much have to respect the the you and the i especially at that early stage and i think it was a shock for us after getting engaged that we could then start to say we a little bit more yeah and like corinne said the other day like oh yeah this is going to be our kitchen and i'm just like what What? like (laughs) it's kind of crazy but i think that's because we were and rightfully so guarding our hearts in that time yeah and not Mm -hmm. saying this is going to be our kitchen but saying like wow you have so many spoons in your kitchen like why do you have all these spoons (laughs) that's a good question why do you have so many i don't i'm actually missing spoons That's a great spoons. you took the spoons (laughs) (laughs) you're like she has so many i'm gonna just take them i need them well i do want to say just as like a a last point to kind of wrap up this one thread um there's so much freedom Mm -hmm. like so much freedom in just saying like i like i these are my preferences so when we started going into the bigger conversations of like what I, I love this one question that you asked. Um, we just we just started volleying bigger questions that we had on our mind back and forth to each other. And one of the questions you asked was like, what kind of culture would you want to create in a family one day? And like I all these questions that we were asking back and forth of like, you know, where do you envision yourself living or like how many kids do you envision? Like, 
all, all these things, there was so much freedom in knowing. And like, we had some really awesome meta conversations of like, let's talk about talking about things. Like, how do we want to talk about things when we talk about them? Um, but when we had those conversations, we had already discussed, this is not about a, we, this is not like, we should not put any more, um, like stake in these things than is necessary. Like this isn't supposed to be some like under, you know, subtle, like I'm trying to tell you what I want so that you can change your plans to meet my expectations. Right. It was very much, I'm going to, I'm going to be very open and free in the way, like in sharing my thoughts and my opinions and you will take that. And then you like, won't adjust your own sharing according to that. Like, yeah. yeah, it was very much seeing the other as other, not so much. What do your responses mean for me? Right. Oh, you don't want to have a dog? Like, now I'm going to picture the rest of my life without a dog and you know, exactly. spiral. Like, it's really just about knowing you as this other person. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And I love that kind of conversation, how you're phrasing it, because it's less of, and I know this is something that's really subtle, but I think so much of our uh, culture, our world, and our exchanges with people are based upon argument and Mm. we want to win. So when you start to phrase things that way and you have that freedom, say, Hey, this is my desire. There's no need to respond or that like impetus to say like, okay, either that's an attack against, cause I want the opposite or maybe I kind of want a dog and you don't want a dog. Now Mm. I'm in fight mode or it's the opposite of like, Oh, we both agree. So now we're in that camp. I'm going to compartmentalize that and move on. Right. Yeah. yeah. Okay. There's so like, no there's a che- yeah, yeah, that's yeah. it. There's no defending. There's no like checkbox. We agree on this. Now I need to move on to the next issue to find where we right. don't agree on. It was right. like, no, I want to get to know you. What do you want? What do you like? Who are you? That, that just brings so much freedom. It does. Can confirm. Yeah. Can confirm. <laughs> 10 out of 10 uh, can confirm. Yeah. The, the one other thing I'll add here, you mentioned like talking about talking about things. Yeah. <laughs> I think some of these bigger conversations may not be something you want to just be like, oh, like you want to go to Chick-fil-A for dinner? You want to get this? Oh, and also how many kids do you want to have? Like you might not want to just sprinkle that in there. 12 piece nugget combo at (laughs) Chick-fil-A. Just if you, (laughs) it's a subtle thing. That's a subtle move there. Your family was a Chick-fil-A order. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's so good. I'm so disappointed you didn't phrase it that way. Yeah, I apologize. But uh, that's beautiful. I think it's perfectly okay to say, I'm feeling ready to start talking about the future a little bit with you. And, you know, maybe we should start doing that in the next few months. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just laying the groundwork, just talking about talking, talking about, about things. things. So the other person also isn't blindsided when you drop a bigger question, like, how many kids do you want to have? Yeah, exactly. 12-piece nugget with yeah, the Chick-fil-A okay. sauce. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, okay. So the next the next thread. So the, the first, just to reiterate the first point. Um <laughs> Freedom to share about the future and how to do that well. Father, are you okay there? No, I'm thinking of so many jokes right now. I bet. I bet you are. Keep them in. <laughs> they don't need to come out right now. Go ahead. Uh, not going to be able to go to Chick-fil-A for a while. Nope. After this. Nope. <laughs> see? See? See what I mean? You start thinking through that, all of that. Gonna... Yeah, move on. Okay. We got okay, to move okay, on. Yep. So funny. So that second category of threads that we want um, to discuss is um, knowing how to share about the ordinary. So this is something also um, when Dominic and I were talking about like what are some of those things that were so important to us that we felt like we were probably a little bit countercultural in um, like so father's point from the podcast the last one on dating so the last T-O-T-O-T Tuttle, tuttle, tuttle. <laughs> no um he talked about in some of his advice was don't do super romantic dates at the beginning. Just get to know each other. Um, you know, don't have, you know, super high expectations for like how you need to be feeling at the beginning, all that stuff. But obviously romance is going to come and dates like you should be having a ton of fun together. And the emphasis of the time that you're spending together at the beginning is more like you're kind of being entertained, whether it's like, doing a fun activity together, 
um, or partaking of a fun experience. Like Dominic and I went to only one concert. That was kind of a bummer. Then COVID. Oh. With father. It was yeah. with father. So it was, was awesome. We had parental supervision. Yeah. Oh, that was, so, that was one of my time. favorite concerts We were of still all awkward. Time. Yeah. You guys were really awkward. I know. And I noticed. We ate a ton I of Chick-fil-A. <laughs> we did have a lot of Chick-fil-A because you guys met us in the line for the venue with Chick-fil-A, you and your brother. A yeah. 64 nugget platter. Bladder. For Bladder. five people to eat. And we, we did. We crushed that. We, we did. crushed that puppy. Um, um, by the way, the concert for those that are uh, wondering, it was Dermot Kennedy, which I know everybody here has heard me talk about a lot because he's my favorite singer songwriter out there. Um, yeah. And it was the first time I saw him live. So it was a very important moment, moment in my life. Us. And I got to share it with this beautiful couple here. So that Thank was you. great. Thank you. Um, but there was something that you led the podcast off with, and I wanted to jump to this. But you said how important it is to share life together. Yeah. Right? And I think that is why, like, that understanding, that desire is part of the reason that I advise people to not have super romantic dates mm-hmm. at the beginning. Is you do things not just for entertainment, right? You're not just spectators, but you share in this experience. You share yeah. in something together. Um, mm-hmm. like, like you guys are saying how important that is right at the beginning to begin to start to share life and to do things that are lead, lead each other into sharing life together. Right. But there's, there's a point though that, um, and this is something that I think we, we had to get used to, like, this is where probably a little bit of a discomfort starts mm-hmm. to set in when you realize like, oh wait, every date that we go on, like every you know, afternoon or evening that we spend together does not need to be like its own experience. Like there then starts to come into the relationship an ability to participate in the ordinary and Mm -hmm. the mundane with one another and your ability to do that well and not shrink from that experience really leads you into laying like a very firm foundation. So the ability to share in the ordinary and like there's so many things that I mean yeah you and I talked about being really important so I'm not going to just immediately jump into all of that I'll let you yeah I just think it, it comes back to what are you preparing for like if you're going to one day be married to somebody not every day is going to be a concert and a movie and a dinner out like I don't know it blows my mind when I think about how many meals we're going to cook together, like how many dishes we're going to do. Like those are the kind of things that it's like, wow, you should be able to just like cook a regular dinner and do the dishes afterwards and have that be your night. Yeah. An ordinary, plain kind of night. Um, You should be able to go for a walk. It doesn't have to be like the coolest hike with the best view, but having those kind of ordinary experiences because you're preparing for a lifetime of very ordinary hidden kind of experiences yeah yeah and that actually oh that's reminds me of like when we were really starting to get a like well when we were starting to be less awkward (laughs) we went to go see a hidden life together 10 out of 10 recommend that movie it's so good y'all please go see that movie even Uh, if you leave right now to go watch that movie i will not be offended not at all it is like three hours and, it is. <laughs> and it's essentially it's like uh yeah visual poetry mm. um so prepare yourself but we there was definitely a change in our relationship where we started to enter into a lot more silence together and um i think about the moments that were like really important and kind of solidifying like just feeling comfortable around you were moments like um, it would be like raining and we just open the window and just sit in silence and just like listen to the rain for like literally an hour, like over an hour. <laughs> that, Those are so weird. Yeah, that yeah. happened a lot of nights. But even just like taking a road trip, like there are going to be moments where you're not just like talking the entire time or listening to something the entire time, mm-hmm. like being comfortable entering into silence with the other person Mm -hmm. I think is important again because your future life is not going to be all conversing that'd be really exhausting yeah there uh I remember when I was in college um one of my housemates and and friends he um 
he was he was dating this girl who's now his wife and they have three kids together and i remember one time i came home from class and um i went and made dinner or something like they were in the they were in the living room both like studying or whatever and then i came back and they were just like reading books for leisure but each of them were reading their own book in the same room and i'm like what is wrong with them <laughs> like this is so weird like they're in the same room happy as clams just in their own world but then like i looked back on that and was like that was so cool to see yeah like they could just be in each other's presence and that was enough yeah and they felt so comfortable to just be there they didn't feel like they had to be talking they didn't have to feel like they had to be doing things it was like no just to be in the presence of the other that was enough yeah parallel play that's one of my favorite things Ooh. as an introvert also to engage That's in also another great band name Ooh. If you, Ooh, i can see that yeah right yeah i like that okay we'll make it we'll, we'll talk, talk about that um later. but yeah parallel play so um not having to directly engage the other person but to be content doing your own things but next to each other mm-hmm. um and there definitely was a shift in our relationship where i f- did not feel like i had to be on 24 7 like when I was around you that I could like actually rest and relax and not feel like, Oh wait, I need to like be this certain person or have some amount of energy or be like ready to discuss all the things or ready to do some fun adventure or, you know, be on. Absolutely. Yeah. That, and you, you mentioned at the beginning, it kind of requires pushing past even a little bit of discomfort where it's like, wow, there's going to be like some silence in the car with the two of us Mm -hmm. and I'm not going to like immediately jump to some question or some way to fill it. Mm -hmm. And I think like some good ways to to train for that is to just, like you said, like maybe in college, like a study date, like you're in the same room, you're working together, but you're not engaging with one each other, one another Mm -hmm. or something that I think was good practice for us was going and praying our holy hour together Mm -hmm. and just being in the chapel and like, it wasn't about you that you're not the reason why I'm in there. I'm not the reason why you're in there, but mm-hmm. we're both in that way, shoulder to shoulder engaging with God and engaging in our prayer and being silent together. Yeah. And I think you actually just hit on a key point. Like at the beginning of the relationship, it's very much your face to face and you are mm-hmm. getting to know one another and you're directly engaging one another. And there has to be a gradual like turning outward to where you're next to each other and you're supporting one another, but you're facing your community and you are able to see the people in front of you and able to engage in your own individual lives. Like you're still engaging in your own friendships, your own interests, hobbies, responsibilities, but now you're just doing it alongside another person and being comfortable with that. And, and this, I mean, so like, that's so beautiful. (laughs) Like I, I love that image of because it's 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 absolutely true at the beginning stages you're trying to get to know the other person Mm -hmm. right and so yeah your your focus is on them and how what you reveal to them but when you slowly see that turn together right you become shoulder to shoulder right and i think this is the risk of what we talked about in the first point is that you lose yourself in this kind of conglomerate we insular insular we you know, but when you become shoulder shoulder, you are your own person, but now you're supporting each other. Mm-hmm. And that is like the total self-possession, that total freedom of that kind of opening out towards mm-hmm. like working together as a community, as individuals, but together. Yeah. You know, I think it directly goes in the face of a lot of what the culture portrays about mm-hmm. love and relationship and romance is that the closer you grow to another, like the closer you get face to face and like, you know, maybe you're starting facing outward and then you have to be more comfortable being face to face when in fact, like your life together. And I've, I think probably most of us have had experiences of friendships where, um, that person does start to date someone else and they shut out their friends. And I've had even like married friends do that. Yeah. And just being like, wow, I don't feel like I have a place in your life. Like you're not looking out and seeing your community anymore. And absolutely, there has to be some sort of shift, especially going from like single to married. But it is like 
the giving of yourself, like man cannot fully find himself in sect in the sincere gift of himself. Gaudium et spes. Dropping bombs over here. <laughs> I've, I've, just like, this come on. Come up in both my grad school classes <sighs> lately. It's ev- yeah, it's everywhere. Dropping ecclesial document bombs up in this episode. <laughs> but, <laughs> but there's an important emphasis in that statement. It's not just giving of yourself exclusively to the other, like mm-hmm. to that um person that you're in the relationship with it's you giving yourself to your community Mm -hmm. and especially like there's an emphasis in my last in the last week of class that I had of like especially in marriage it's not just giving yourself to the other it's as a unit giving yourself to the world Mm -hmm. like you're now like you're on mission together your mission is not just one another you're next to each other on mission to your community to your family like to your neighbor that that is like this greater calling of walking with one another to heaven. It's not an exclusive, you know, like shutting the world out. I think, so the last thing I want to say in this, cause I know we have what, one more thread Yeah. and we're, we're trucking through the time. Like oh, yeah. it's okay. Like, we started a little bit late, anyway, a little bit. So. but um, that aspect of the ordinary, um, I think I've mentioned this before. I don't remember if I mentioned this on podcast episodes or not, but one of the questions I love to ask couples when we're doing marriage prep is towards the <laughs> beginning, I always ask the couple, okay, when did you know that she was the one that you wanted to marry? And when did you know that he was the one that you wanted to marry? And without fail, I've found every couple I've prepared, it is never anything that is planned, orchestrated, or really super um, romantic in the Hollywood sense of romantic. I remember when you asked me, I'm like, it's going to be really weird because it wasn't like a candlelight dinner staring at one another. You right. know, it wasn't what you would. <laughs> it never is. It really never is. It's always something very ordinary. Yeah. Something extremely <laughs> mundane. I remember there was one couple I prepped. I was like, you know, when was that moment? And I do this in front of like when they're together so that they hear it because they very rarely will say this to the other uh, (laughs) person but i say like when was it and he was like father i I don't know if i can say this i I said why he's like (laughs) father i i okay like if you want me to tell this story i was like i'm I'm a priest i've heard everything so just what what is it (laughs) you know he's like well uh it was a sunday and i was watching sunday night football and she was making dinner in the kitchen um, and she had a tray of fries in the oven and she pulled the tray of fries out of the oven and she turned and she like kicked the door and dropped all the fries onto the floor and she just screamed, ah, oh! and then the F word came out like that, <laughs> like totally unexpected. And he said, that was the moment I knew. Yeah. <laughs> and I like <laughs> lost it. I was like, it was, he was like, I know it's just, it's weird. Like, and it, it is always something that's, it's, it's very personal. It's very ordinary, but it's also very vulnerable. Yeah. And I think those are the moments when you see like somebody at their most kind of intimate and personal and they feel that they can be that vulnerable in your presence. Mm-hmm. And they, like you said, they didn't have to be on. Yeah. And once you realize that, that you're at that place, like, it, it, I love a- asking couples that question because it's always something ordinary that takes them by surprise. Yeah. And they're like, no, that's, she's the one I want to spend my rest, the rest of my life with. Yeah. And you think about it, our greatest desire in love is like, we, we want to be known. Mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. we want to feel like we're being seen. And that only really happens when we feel like we are actually being ourselves. Yep. So we can put on a face for another person and they can say all of those nice romantic gestures and like, I love you. But deep down you're like, I actually don't think you know me because I haven't let myself be known. You know this presentation of me. Exactly. So that's what you love. But it's like when you really can fully let your guard down and like really fully be yourself yeah, yeah. that all of those feelings and those words and those gestures just take on an entirely new meaning. Yeah. So, yeah, I don't know. Is there anything else that you would add? Yeah, I think my last thought on this thread is that the ordinary also includes the messy and the unpleasant. Yeah. That yes. It's not just kind of the, the mundane, but all of us in our lives have things that we're struggling with and things that we need prayers for, things that are weighing us down. And it would be a little bit weird to be sharing your whole self with someone but not those things that you're struggling with. And so to begin to share even the messy side of yourself 
is I think like a new a new tier again of of sharing yeah and uh I think it's it's also a challenge to do that very much so I think a good gateway into this like I don't know with with my guy friends I'm like dude how's your week we're getting coffee (laughs) like oh yeah it was good it was good and all this and work this and then at the end I'm like how can I pray for you yeah and then it's like wow I had a really hard week and I was like oh you didn't really say that at the beginning but (laughs) that question how can I pray for you is a great way to maybe begin to have some of those conversations of yeah, here's actually something that I'm having a hard time with and I'd be grateful if you could pray for me. That that small thing is a great way to enter into a little bit of the messiness, I think. Yeah, and there's even a gradual progression in that. There is, you know, I think the first step is inviting somebody into like maybe negative emotions that you had already experienced. So, you know, there, you know, like, yeah, I did have a hard week. Like, that was very difficult or, you know, like I had some hard conversations or I had a fight with my parents or, you know, whatever. Or even, you know, like this thing that I'm struggling, that I struggled with a while ago is like starting to come back or, you know, like I'm, I'm wrestling with this thing. It's a whole nother step. And I think like this comes later is like inviting somebody into those negative emotions when you're currently feeling them. Mm-hmm. It's much easier and it's a great first step to start sharing previous hurt, even if it's, you know, like earlier in the day, but like to invite somebody like, this is something that we are even still, um, navigating is like, how do, when we are struggling, when we're hurting, make ourselves vulnerable to invite the other person in. Um, yeah. Yeah. I think it's worth saying, like, I don't know. I think we all know the couples that are like, we're the perfect couple. We never fight. We never experience the emotion of sadness. Like <laughs> it, it can be tempting to be like at the beginning, you're like, Oh, Corinne really likes pizza. I'm going to like, we're going to go to a pizza place. Oh, she really likes this band. Like I'm going to put that record on. But eventually we need to get through some negative things together because yep. negative things are going to happen in our lives. Mm-hmm. And so if you're like 10 out of 10 times that I see you, never have experienced a negative emotion. Maybe I'm not sharing my authentic self with you. Mm -hmm. Uh, Maybe I'm not being challenged by you or challenging you. Yeah. Now, if I'm experiencing negative emotions like eight out of 10 times, maybe that's a little too much, but there is a sweet spot in there (laughs) where it's like, okay, let's talk about something that's a little heavier tonight. Mm -hmm. And when we say goodbye, it may be a little bit harder because it's like, we talked about some hard things. But it's a way that I think you really grow uh, as a couple through that kind of sharing. Agreed. Yeah. Okay. The last thread, and we'll see how quickly we can get through it. So we might have to cut it shorter so that we can have some questions as well. Um, but this is this is probably the most in-depth one, which I think we could probably just do a podcast all on this. Um, we said that so many times. We really have. <laughs> we could do a um, episode on that. So the, again, to reiterate, like the first thread of shared experience would be sharing your knowing how to share your future together. The second is knowing how to share in the ordinary and even progressing deeper into the difficult. And the last is knowing how to share yourself. Hope. And there's so many dimensions of the self. What? Hope. That's a big one. I know. I know. Which we have covered some of those points in previous ones. Like they all kind of build on one another and are connected. Um, but this is, I don't know, are there, which of these things do you think are most pertinent? Because <laughs> there's a lot. Yeah, I mean, for me, it's it's that deepening of emotional intimacy. It's a deepening of physical intimacy. It's just allowing yourself to draw closer to that other person and we have you know chastity both on the physical and emotional side to to be the guardrails and the the guide along that way but yeah deepening an emotional intimacy is maybe sharing something hard with the other person yeah uh deepening in physical intimacy i think this is one of the most beautiful things about chastity that isn't talked about i don't think enough but it allows you to just experience the whole spectrum of physical closeness each little step along the way like i can tell you where we were the date pretty close to the hour when like i had my arm around you and then you kind of like you know put your arm around me i remember that moment because 
I was so attuned to each little step we were taking along that road of physical intimacy. And similarly, emotionally, like because we were taking that slowly, we, I, I can remember those moments when I was like, whoa, Corinne told me she had a hard day today. She's never said that to me. Like that was a big moment in our relationship. And I was just very attuned to those things because we were, we were taking it slowly and we were practicing chastity on, on both of those fronts. Yeah. And this is, um, this is where, I mean, kind of along like that, that last, um, point of like knowing you have to know yourself in order to give yourself. Um, and this is like, this is something I remember I've, I felt so honored when you were like, Hey, one of the most attractive things about you is that you have such a vibrant life. Like you have friends that you see, you have like you, your life is just very full. And I, I was like, Whoa, like, I think we've probably all experienced different relationships where like you feel like the other person is just trying to like take from you and like has more and more expectations. But like the fact that you affirmed like, wow, I love that you talk to so many people, like that you have so many friends that you're seeing or that you, um, like your family is so important to you. You spend so much time with them. Um, and like, that's, that's something I think that we can lose, um, in like the desire to be in relationship to then give that free time to that relationship. And you forget yourself. Like you forget that you have like your own autonomy that you need to, you have friendships, you have hobbies, different relationships that you still need to cultivate. And like in being able to give of myself and share. And like, I think about even like physical and emotional intimacy, I had to have like a certain amount of self-possession in order to be able to take appropriate steps forward. And so like knowing myself and my emotional state to be able to say, okay, I had a really bad day and I want to be comforted. Like, am I going to go into this just thinking about ways to seek some sort of emotional or physical affirmation from Dominic, like knowing this is where I'm at and like knowing I, I should not go into this just trying to take, like I need, like who do I need to receive this affirmation from first? The Lord, like surrendering certain things, knowing like, oh, I'm going to be really tempted to um, like, yeah, use you for emotional validation um, or like overshare or different things like that. Um, yeah, that I, was really important. There, when we talk about knowing yourself before you like to possess yourself more before you can give yourself, right? I think there's a little bit of a temptation to say that we have to kind of know or I, to know ourselves and then to be perfect before we can give that away. Oh, true. Right? So I have to know myself and then I have to fix myself and then I can present that to another. Mm-hmm. And I think that's a real temptation for a lot of people. It's like, you know what? I know myself and you know what? I'm a hot mess and that's terrifying. And I got to fix all of this before I can f- uh, like give that to another person. Right? right. And I think you, you, there is a fine line there. And a lot of that is I, like, I love how you were just describing that is like, Hey, I know myself. I know I've had a bad day and I'm actually looking for some emotional validation. So if I turn to Dominic at this point, I'm going to start taking from him and I'm right. going to start using him. That's what we talk about when we say we know ourselves, like we, we know who we are and part of, you know, working through those boundaries, both uh, physically and emotionally is because you know yourself, you know your temptations, you know your faults. Um, I love the game of golf. Okay, I'm a big, that that I is know. my hobby. I love <laughs> to golf. Um, but one of the reasons I love golf is because to me, it does reflect life very clearly. Extremely, it's extremely rare to hit the ball perfectly in the center of the face mm-hmm. with perfect swing speed, with a perfect club path and just pipe that sucker down the center of the fairway, right? Mostly you have to know what your temptations is, which, what your swing faults are, what your your standard, your really typical miss is. I, I have a hard slice to the right, right? So like I know what my miss is. 
So then that allows me to stand on that tee box and set and, and adjust my setup and adjust how mm. I approach the hole because I know what my temptations are, my standard temptation is. That's a great analogy. That's why I love the game. It's all, like, I love that game so much. Um, but I think that's when we talk about we have to know ourselves bef- as both know ourselves, not necessarily uh, only before we, but like as we hand ourselves off and give ourselves to another and invite them into this mess at times saying this is this is where I am this is I have to be able to self-possess this stuff but that doesn't mean I'm necessarily the one to fix it and maybe I will always have some rough edges but I want to invite you into this to help me and be with me in this Um, so it's it's you're you're walking fine lines in the midst of all of this but I just want to temper that kind of um expectation of i need to know myself so then i can fix myself and then once i'm perfect then i'm ready to enter into a relationship it's not it's not anything like that no yeah that's a really great really great analogy Thank you for listening to this episode of The Grounded Catholic. And a big thank you goes out to Dominic for joining us and um, having a great discussion. I had such a fun time recording that I'm, I'm sure you can tell by all the laughter and the hilarity that ensued throughout the, the recording of that. Uh, if you get a chance this uh, after you listen to this episode, I encourage you to say a few prayers, saying Our Father, Glory be, Hail Mary, for Dominic and Corinne as they prepare um, for marriage and their, their life together. As always, you can find more episodes of The Grounded Catholic on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Amazon Music. And all of our episodes are on our website, catholicwhos.org slash podcast. That's catholicwhos, H-O-O-S, dot org slash podcast like subscribe and share these episodes with those that you think would enjoy it and gain something from this Uh, thank you very much and god bless